Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Balaji Gopalan. He's the co-founder and CEO at MedStack. Balaji leads business development and strategy as co-founder and CEO of the company. It's a cloud software platform that automates data privacy compliance and security for digital health. He's a 15-year veteran in product management and an expert in building software platform businesses across a wide range of industries, including having launched BlackBerry's iconic BBM to the world. He's an advocate for the role of ecosystems and industry transformation and in tackling tough problems like improving healthcare. And in times like this with COVID-19 and all the challenges that we're faced with this epidemic, there's never been a better time to be focused on digital health and the transformation of our industry. So with that, I want to give Balaji a warm welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Saul. It's really wonderful to be here and, and hello to, to your audience. So tell us a little bit about what inspired your work to get into healthcare. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, that's a really great place to start. And, and first of all, I, I guess what I want to say is I know there's a lot of your listeners who are, you know, in, in various roles in the healthcare industry, including those who are pursuing sort of bleeding edge innovation, whether it's through technology or business model or materials or, or science. And I think the first thing I want to say, which is a sort of preamble to response to the question, is thank you to everybody doing the important work that they do. It takes a lot of courage, and there's certainly a lot of people that will present challenges and, and a lot of situations will present challenges, but it is, I think we can all agree in the current situation, some of the most important work that's happening in the world. So I want to thank them for what they do, but also, I guess, to say that that is my inspiration. So, you know, my background is in... Uh, stems from a, a deep interest and fascination in how organizational structures and businesses collaborate to create things. I started my career in a very different place. I, I worked in aviation for eight years, and, and there I witnessed uh, manufacturing partners coming together to, to build some really interesting things that neither one of them would have been able to do on their own. And then I realized that this is a common construct in a lot of industries. And so when I moved into software in the, in the early 2000s, I became really fascinated with things like developer platforms and strategic corporate partnerships. The early work we did, BlackBerry, at the beginning of the century, you know, this is kind of before the mobile world we know it as today, we brought mobile strategy to the internet, first generation internet companies who didn't know what to do with it. But they had all these incredible assets and content and users and experiences and data. And, and so we said, well, we have the ability to you know, create a mobile experience for what you're doing and you have all of this user loyalty and user experience and, and content, how do we put the two together to build something really interesting? And when we were successful with that, I, I, it just kind of piqued my interest in where else can this play? And, and the thing that I learned about platforms, which is a tremendously and horribly overused word, and, and so you know, <laughs> my interpretation of that is a platform is, is literally this, when you have two companies that are enabled to collaborate, to deliver something of value to their mutual customers. There's a great book called Invisible Engines that explains what platforms are. And they talk about, you know, what, what credit cards did for the financial services industry, what iTunes did for entertainment and, you know, and, and Xbox and a number of other things and things we take into account every day that are, that are platforms. What I really learned about them is that they have probably the most powerful opportunity 
to transform very large industries that are around us every day, right? So, you know, and I always kind of think of these of the of them in, in, in a set of fives, right? So it's education, energy, government, financial services, and healthcare. And so I, you know, bounced around a few different times uh, into some different industries, pursuing this notion of bringing platform transformation to the work that they did. But I always sort of knew that there was something bigger I could do with it. And I, I have to credit my, my partner and co-founder, Simon Woodside, who, through his work, discovered this opportunity in healthcare. He was, you know, a, a, an application developer for hire and had an agency to do so and was building a number of new things of great interest across a, a number of sectors. But he found himself operating in the healthcare realm from personal interest, but as well as also circumstance, and realized that the development of software technology and innovation in healthcare is actually really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's because, and I will probably get into a little bit more detail on this, but the work that's required to commercialize involves a large set of tasks that while are not particular to the thing that you're building, are a lot of work and have to be done and everybody just does them one by one on their own independently. And so if you look at the, the basic sort of uh, thesis of a platform, you know, there's a tremendous amount of inefficiency there. And so what if you made it one company's job to do that really well and enable everybody else to focus on what they do really well? And so we got together and took the experiences that he had, the battle scars, as well as my fascination for, for platforms and said, well, there's really no other industry in the world that needs this more than healthcare. And, and you know, that's where it came from. I have family members who work in healthcare. I have elderly parents. We have histories of chronic disease in my family. So obviously this stuff kind of hits, hits home. But it was really starting from the tool and then finding an application that, that resonated with me that uh, led to the creation of MedStock. Love it. So interesting. And I love the thoughtful analysis and kind of lay of the land that you've laid out for us you know, helping target some of these really bureaucratic, slow moving industries, health being one of them. Uh And and now the opportunity that we're in today, where digital health is starting to get traction, I think there's never been a better time. So tell us a little bit more about MedStack and and what exactly you guys are doing to add value to to the healthcare ecosystem. I think I think if you if you uh, introduced the the power of sort of cloud computing to healthcare, you have some really interesting opportunities to specifically address the capacity constraints that I was talking about. So, you know, the first is being able to engage with the patient no matter where they are. Um, uh, and there's, you know, simple and there's complicated and fantastical representations of that. Uh, the second is, is being able to access a large data set, which you need the cloud to do, where you can make discoveries easier. And, and you know, I don't subscribe necessarily to the notion that AI will replace healthcare providers, but healthcare has always worked on data precedent. And so I think it, um, the, no, the notion that it becomes uh, decision support, I think is really important. We're already seeing really great examples of that uh, from you know, images to, uh, to drug discovery to, to other things as well. And the last and perhaps you know, one of the most interesting areas for me is the notion of helping people in healthcare work better together by making data more fluid. And of course, this does speak to the interoperability challenge, but also the expansion of healthcare beyond the traditional provider to you know, alternative care providers, to the family members, to long-term care facilities, um, especially given that you know, one of the other big challenges in our healthcare industry is, of course, our aging population. And so these are all the things that people want to fix in healthcare. And 
cloud technologies make all this easier. But if you look at it even further, I think the people who are doing the most interesting work in cloud technologies are the vast ecosystem of small companies, which is not surprising because that's exactly what an eco a platform ecosystem enables and what we've seen work successfully in things like financial services. It's not that the big enterprises, which in our healthcare case would be the, the health technology systems, uh, or the EMR providers, for example, it's not that they go away, but I think that their data architecture then gets enhanced by the things that all of these companies are doing, which almost categorically, each one is focused on one small specific thing and inspired and driven by a personal story. That's the thing that just really excites me when I talk to my customers and potential customers and anybody in the ecosystem is they all are on a mission, right? Because of something they experienced either as a healthcare worker, as a patient or a family member or friend thereof. And so uh, with that level of inspiration, it's extremely frustrating to me to hear that people have great ideas and don't pursue them because of this notion that healthcare is too hard. So mm -hmm. we dug into it when we created MedStack and we said, well, why is, why is there this perception that a healthcare doesn't like technology and B people who do healthcare technology say it's really hard. And there was a lot of reasons that came up, but the one that kind of came up consistently was data privacy and security. And it makes sense because a health record is worth 35 times that of a credit card on the black market. It's the most sensitive data in the world. And interesting people outside of healthcare aren't necessarily aware of that. And so our healthcare enterprises, the payers and providers are under very stringent, but very, very necessary regulations for the protection of the people in their ecosystem and their data to protect the patient's data. And so therefore they have equally stringent expectations of anybody they work with because they're the ones responsible. So I want to be very clear, you know, people get frustrated by the need for uh, meeting these very high standards for data architecture and security and privacy. And when we say we're making it easier, what we mean is we think those regulations are very important. And the worst thing that can happen, you know, one of the worst things that could happen is there's not enough innovation. I'll tell you, my bigger fear is that there's lots of innovation doing privacy very badly. Um, this is not a time when we can afford this. Uh, we need this stuff to work. And if there is a loss of trust, adoption does not happen with the trust, but if there's a loss of trust, then the whole industry will slow down and, and you know, just look at what's happening in the consumer data realm and how our ecosystems are changing there because of loss of trust. And, and you'll see what I, uh, what I mean. So we made it our mission to do that. And um, you know, I can get a little bit more into the technology, but essentially what we do is instead of making these individual companies learn how to do this, we codify it and black box it in a sense. Um, sure. I, I, I want to be careful using that word because I, at the same time, I'm going to say transparent because it's very transparent what we do so that it's apparent that it's working, but they don't have to build it. Uh, they use a platform and all of the security and privacy is built in automatically and all of the proof is built in automatically. And then we get involved in the uh, audits that they, they pursue with their customers and certification bodies to prove to them that they are doing. And, and isn't, so in essence, it's not really, it's black because you don't know what's going on in there, but it's not because of the way you guys do it and execute on the, on that env compliance environment is, is, mm -hmm. is open. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah. we, you know, we, we set two fundamental tenets uh, philosophically before we created our technology. The first was we wanted to make sure that we were building it in a way that it would be transparently auditable at any time. Like if you have a regulation, you can map that regulation to what we do and say, okay, is it meeting it or not? Will this regulation or even a custom questionnaire from a, from a health provider? 
So from that perspective, we wanted to make it very clear and obvious what it was that was actually going on. And the second is we said our promise to these companies, we're going to get them to market faster. So to do that, we can't have them do anything custom. They can't learn anything new. So we want to make the adoption of our platform very, very compliant to open technology standards, essentially, so they can just drop their application in without changing anything. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's sort of what we, we set out to do. And we use those as constraints for designing our, our platform. Love it. Super interesting. So, you know, many of you listening to this feel the pain <laughs> and, you know, it's so slow to get your technology into the hands of providers and or, or payers. And just because of the regulations around HIPAA and and just, you know, having these things meet compliance and privacy requirements, you can get them to market up to 60% faster. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of our, our litmus test about whether we're doing this correctly or not. And the way that it happens is we look at what would happen if we didn't exist. And so the process typically works this way with, you know, with, with a whole bunch of emotion around it. Uh, you have an innovator that's built something very sort of passion-driven and, uh, and, and uh, patient-value-driven um, and demonstrates it to the enterprise that they're working with. And the individual at that enterprise, usually say the chief innovation office, says, I love what you're doing. This is going to be a great help to our patients. It's going to be a great help to people who work in our industry and our facility. Um, we'd love to work with this. And, you know, you've built it because you lack uh, some of the overhead that we would otherwise have to be able to construct these sort of innovations internally. So, you know, we want to bring it in. The company that's building this, most often, you know, the typical staff makeup is an experienced designer, a medical professional, a data scientist, et cetera, which are very necessary functions for creating that specific innovation. But then the enterprise says, in order for me to work with you, I cannot work with you until you pass the litmus test with my head of privacy and my head of security, who are two different organizations, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then those organizations go, are, are looking at it from a completely different lens. It's almost like, well, it doesn't matter to me what you've built. I am responsible for the safety of the people in my organization. And so therefore that's what I'm going to look at, you know, show me your infrastructure security department responses. What infrastructure security department? Understandably, right? right? Unless you're a very large company, this is something you probably don't have. What's worse is that people, you know, might go, well, I'm running on a major cloud provider. My technology is built on top of Amazon. Isn't that enough? Like they're a big company. They must have this stuff covered. The answer is no. They have some element of it covered from the perspective of physical security, but they expect you to do a lot more configuring their platform for the specific requirements of healthcare. And so then what ends up happening is a large set of a large audit, which takes a long time to do a very long time to do. It's a long questionnaire. And then you submit, then you have to wait for a result. And then it comes back and, a whole bunch of errors that have to be corrected. And so this adds to the already long sales cycle that exists in healthcare. And think about how long it took you to get that initial meeting. And by the way, I want to actually state that this is frustrating for both sides, right? Because the other the healthcare enterprise is losing time in delivering this value to their, to their patients and workers. And, and they would very much like this stuff to move faster, but they simply can't take the risk. And mm-hmm. so, uh, Understandably, right? Because the fines every year for violations of these privacy laws are going up. So everybody is understandably gun shy. And so we're trying to, to remove all the friction by going, 
Well, here already is what this company is going to do. Here's the set of attestations. And we know what they'll be asked because we've done it already. You can tell where we're going is that eventually we reach this point where the enterprise says, well, wait a minute, you're running on MedStack. I already know the answer to 30 of my questions because I looked at MedStack yesterday for this other application. So let's skip beyond that and just talk about what you're doing specifically. And all of a sudden we've reduced the sales cycle remarkably. Um, and that's, that's kind of really what we're trying to do. Love it. Love it. No, that's really neat. And, and a lot of this stuff is complicated. It takes uh, really a specialist to get this stuff done. It could be really expensive. And, and so I love what you guys have done around pricing this thing for, for startups and beyond to make it reliable. And so tell us a little bit about what you've done there and how that's different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the things that we realized in building this company is, first of all, we were thankful in a sense, as, as you know, any entrepreneurs in an early stage company should be, that we weren't the only ones who realized there's a problem here. You know, there's a couple of other people in different forms and spaces who are trying to address the same issue. And, but one thing we found lacking in when we looked at these things was the complete package that you need to deliver to these two organizations who are trying to collaborate to really meet this intention of reducing the overhead and providing transparent assurance that the requirements are met is the infrastructure that affects the overall technology proposition of the application and the legal and, and process-oriented policies around what that company is doing by using that infrastructure. And what we actually found is that the offerings either didn't have the policy component in some cases, hmm. or if they did, it was a completely separate product. It was almost like you could pay for the infrastructure and then you could pay for the policies, but paying for the policies was sort of just like hiring a privacy consultant. And then they would really just start from scratch. And, and so we said, well, that doesn't really achieve what people are looking for. And so we've taken a different approach, which is our policies are generated and audited and written in, in actual software code so that they can actually be audited, backed, uh, mapped back to the way the infrastructure is actually working. So think of it as what we call real-time active compliance. And then we built our business model that way as well. So really, if you think about That's our cool. offering, it's in three components. So the okay. first says, if you're starting out as a company, we're going to help you with that, with uh, all the things you need to do to prove compliance by way of having all the policies written and supporting you with audits. And sometimes we, this is actually admittedly a somewhat recent realization that happens kind of even before the infrastructure is required. And so we have this platform fee that covers, covers those aspects and provides people all the assurances. Sometimes it's even just say, Hey, we've got somebody backing this up. It's MedStack. Rest assured we're looking at this stuff. You know, I know it's a concern for you and we've got it kind of covered. And then the second thing is, you know, we're not a competitor to the major cloud vendors. In fact, we love the fact, it's a bit of a diversion, but we and I understand myself, I'm, I'm really excited about the fact that big tech, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, IBM, you know, Salesforce, they're all making healthcare a priority. It's amazing for all of us. And they're like all an Apple, if I didn't mention them. Uh, and they're all doing something slightly different. So the, the, the providers of the clouds, namely, you know, IBM, Microsoft, and and Google are also prioritizing healthcare. But again, what they do is uh, because of the nature of their platform, the broad applicability it has, 
It isn't specific to healthcare. Right. And so what we have is we'll pass through the components of that cloud provider that you need to use for your application. And then we have a very small markup on top that says we're applying security tech to that cloud proposition in line with the policies that we've already given you access to. And so that's the way that our pricing model now is set up. And, and so the platform fee has a couple of different tiers depending on the types of services you're using from us. And then everything else is just based on what you use. And our current offering, which is a product called MedStack Control, gives you full real-time access to spin up and down infrastructure and be billed only for what you use because you'll be iterating your technology rapidly because you were you know, early on in your, in your technology evolution. I love it. Look, in, in today's world, there's no way you could do it all on your own. And finding a transparent, affordable way to get the technology, the solution, the service that you've worked so hard to put out there. I mean, you, you have to be smart about this. And, and um, it's, it's awesome to, to see uh, uh, Balaji and, and, you know, what he and his team are doing to make privacy compliance more affordable. Um, medstack.co is, is where you would go to, to learn more. Um, but definitely uh, a call to action, I think, for all of us, right? As we, as we look to scale what we're doing, you don't want to get that meeting so far as the chief information officer, chief health information officer, only to realize you don't have what it takes to play in the game. And so maybe you could share a story of, of a setback you guys have had Balaji and what you learned from that experience that's made you guys better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's this, you know, it's been five years and, and uh, we're learning every single day. So, mm-hmm. you know, certainly there's been, uh, uh, there's been a, a few things here and there. And I think probably one of the biggest ones was thinking about ourselves from the perspective of the life cycle of our customers and, and sort of what a typical customer makeup is. Uh, and we really, have come to realize more recently the important role we play in supporting our ecosystem, irrespective of the size of this of the cloud infrastructure they have. And even when I say this out loud, I'm like, why did I possibly think that, that was the way to do it before? You know, because now it, it, it's so obvious that um, that a relationship is uh, is is not proxied that way. And and so you know we were in situations where organizations needed us, or companies needed us, but they didn't need a large infrastructure yet because we're still building, for example, a medical device. And so they're still working on the hardware. But because they didn't have a, a hosting relationship with us, we couldn't really help them. And so we lost those opportunities. And I think they, of course, lost the opportunity uh, to take advantage of the things that we can support them with. And so we've made this shift to this uh, kind of separated business model, which is relatively new, but is, is having tremendous benefits for us and the ability for us to work with our customers and also assure them that they can be flexible with their technology evolution and, uh, and, and enable their engineers to build the best possible thing without every single decision being a massive sort of economic uh, decision tree that they would have to pursue. So I think that's one of the, been one of the most interesting things for us, helping us to get to you know, customers who are doing the most interesting things, maintain the relationship longer and provide better value. I love it, Balaji. And, you know, I've been saying this quote a lot on the podcast, especially now during the the stuff we're dealing with with this pandemic. It's uh, Darwin. The, it's not the strongest or the smartest, but it's the most adaptable that survive. And 
you got to adapt. And this is a great example of what you guys have done here to, to really be able to offer the value you're, you're, you're giving through this platform. So what, what would you say you're most excited about today is? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's strange days. Certainly I I've been trying to think about the right way to characterize this. Obviously I am as cautious and concerned as anybody about what's going on. There's been eh, lots of people will say, maybe they saw this coming. Maybe they didn't see this coming. You know, I have a family and I have, I have a partner who works in the healthcare industry. And so, you know, first of all, obviously thankful to, to everybody who's working so hard to get us through this. Um, but has it ever sort of brought digital health to the forefront? And so the thing I think I'm thankful for is that we have an ecosystem of people who are working on this. We have an ecosystem of, of people who've been thinking about ways to change healthcare and we've just never needed it more. Um, and so, you know, now we've got more prevalent capacity crunch in healthcare delivery, you know, because of the influx of patients into the ER. We have healthcare workers who are in some cases putting themselves at risk. We have healthcare workers who are isolated and patients who are isolated. So how do we continue to deliver care to them? Uh, how do we find a vaccine and a cure faster? How do we increase the capacity of us uh, of, uh, of doing testing, which I know is one of the big concerns we have. And it's all digital health companies who are pursuing all of this stuff. So I think the thing I'm most excited about is that we have the momentum already just requiring a small pivot, which we've seen in the last month to focus on this specific problem. But imagine the situation we were in if we didn't have this ecosystem now of people working on this stuff. And, uh, and, and so, you know, I'm excited about our industry coming to the forefront, but I don't want to express that from sort of a selfish perspective. I'm excited about the fact that we have an industry to come to the forefront and address this, uh, this big crisis and challenge we're facing, we're facing right now. Yeah, Balaji, certainly exciting times uh, right now, and and also scary times, right? But it's these challenges that 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 help us become stronger and better. And you guys are definitely well positioned to to add value to the ecosystem of players here in digital health. You mentioned earlier in the podcast, Invisible Engines, as a book you recommend. Mm -hmm. But would you stick with that one, or or would you recommend any others? Well, that, it is one of my favorites and it sort of helped me to think about how do you know whether a platform is being successful or not. Uh, certainly there's, you know, tons of reading out there with respect to what happens when you're doing something really brave and innovative and bleeding edge from the lens of, of the sort of business framework and operating in an environment with certain expectations, some of which might be, you know, rational and some of which might be extreme. And I've been leaning on a lot of sort of learning and expertise uh, as we sort of chart our own journey, spending a lot of time with, uh, you know, the, the hard thing about hard things, because healthcare is a really hard thing, but not just for us. Healthcare is a hard thing for our customers and for their customers. And that's the way that I sort of look at it. And I think our customers are doing really important work and, you know, we want to make sure that we continue to support them. So these are some of the things that are inspiring me right now. Love it. So this has been great, Balaji. I'd love if you just, you know, give us a, a closing thought and the best place where the listeners could continue the conversation with you. Yeah, certainly. A number of years ago, I read a thesis um, from somebody in Silicon Valley uh -huh. who said, entrepreneurs have a responsibility of solving the biggest problems in the world. And that isn't to sort of slight any industry or any pursuit of anything, but it makes sense, right? Because big industry... Uh, while, you know, does, it does amazing things with entrepreneurship, certainly. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm a big believer in it. 
and I have, was fortunate to experience it myself, um, it has uh, a legacy. And disruptive innovation in the way that it was written in Harvard, you know, says that if you have legacy, you have less room to move to do things differently, less room to move to focus on the future market as opposed to what's happening right now and who's paying you right now, mm-hmm. who's working with you right now. So therefore, it, it falls to entrepreneurship and, and smaller companies to change the way that things operate uh, every day. And therefore, I think it's our responsibility to do so. So if you are considering, you know, forming a company, starting a startup, ask yourself that question. What's the most important work that we could do? And how do we take all of that risk and hard work and late nights and, you know, anxiety and uncertainty and risky decisions and apply it to something that's going to make things better for, for all of us. So once again, everybody working in digital health, you know, keep the faith. You're doing the most important work in the world out there. And uh, we, we've never needed you more. So, so thank you. Uh, what a great closing statement there, Balaji. And appreciate all the work you guys are doing and the little educational session here we've, we've had with you around privacy compliance. Medstack.co, folks, if okay. you want to learn some more. Also go to outcomesrocket.health. Type in Medstack where you could find our entire interview show notes, a full transcript and links to, uh, to learn more and also get in touch with Balaji. So with that, uh, just want to give you a big thanks, Balaji, and, um, and stay safe and stay strong. Same to you. Thank you very much, Saul. Wonderful being here.